Hey again, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. I'm Luke Robinson, that's me. And Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I'm just fired up about this new season. I know it's, uh, I know it's, the calendar says it's like nine months away or something, and uh, I just find that unacceptable. I'm ready to uh, kick off next season uh, this upcoming Saturday. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm as excited about this uh, upcoming spring game as I am the national championship game. Now, granted, I'm not pulling for either Clemson or LSU. Um, that's sort of picture poison for Alabama fans. But um, I'm as excited about this spring game as I could possibly be. I mean, considering the quarterback race that we're going to have, um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Of course, we we dove into that head first yesterday, so I have no need to really get all into the quarterback stuff again. I, we could. We could sit here and talk and reminisce on Tua Tungvaluwa's greatness uh, for several podcasts in a row, but I think it's time now uh, that he is signed. He signed with Lee Steinberg, right? That's right. Yep. So uh, yeah, they've been talking. They've been talking to him for a while. You know, it's normal. A lot of fans don't realize this. As long as you don't sign with an agent or accept money, it is not against the rules to consult with agents. So. I think it's fair to guess, and it's partially true, that ever since Tua was injured, uh, there's a good bet that they've been consulting with that agency throughout the process. And there's, and if they if they have been, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. You just can't sign a contract or accept money. They can only accept advice and counseling uh, in terms of uh, what what their moves should be, and uh, and that's fine. And uh, like we said yesterday, I hope it works out for Tua. I hope he gets drafted really, really high. But uh, we're uh, we're locked on Bama, not locked on the NFL. So uh, we're excited about our our quarterback situation. Be it Mac, be it Little Tua, be it Bryce Young, or Paul Tyson. Let's not let's not let's not throw him out. Uh, I, I don't think he will be a serious contender in the mix of this fall. I think he's more of a developmental guy. But uh, I think the starting quarterback against Southern Cal is likely to be Mac. Or maybe Bryce, or maybe Talia, in that order. You know, it's funny that uh, you said little Tua, because I'll bet there is nothing that pisses off Leah Tungovaloa more than being <laughs> called little. Tua. I uh, bet you could call point. him a, a million other names, and then but he'd say, "Little know, Wayne, you don't call me little Go. little Tua. I don't give a shit. You can call me little Joey Freshwater. <laughs> I don't care. Do not call me little Tua." That's probably right, you know, and it's so unfair because it's the, the, the comparisons to Tua that are just unfair to to the kid. Uh, but the, just because you're not Tua doesn't mean you're not really good. I mean, we could go over many, many quarterbacks. I saw yesterday Sam Ellinger from uh, from Texas. Sam Ellinger, he's, he's coming back next year. Uh, there's a kid who's not as good as Tua, but you know what? He's pretty freaking good. So <laughs> you can be... You can you can be good and not not be as good as Tua. So uh, Talia still has a excellent ceiling, a uh, little bit more of a developmental guy than a plug and play guy like Tua was. But uh, he's coming along, and uh, we'll really see what we have with him this spring. Last spring it was just too early, uh, but we'll really know what we got with uh, with Talia this spring, and uh, and then in the in the upcoming uh, upcoming season. Yeah, and it's funny. Um... Sam Ellinger coming back because you and I talked about him the other day because I thought he was a senior anyway, and he's not. And I, that's the kind of world we live in now where Sam Ellinger, who 
I mean, I have not seen him on a draft board. I mean, that's that's, and I keep yeah. up with NFL mock drafts, and he is putting out a video uh, about, hey, I'm coming back for one more ride, and I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, why not? <laughs> Ty P. Ryan just sending out one saying, hey, I'm coming back again, Alabama. You know, your walk-on punter, he ain't going any damn where. I mean, uh, do we all have to put out Instagram videos saying we're all coming back now? Because, I mean, no offense to Sam Mellinger, who's pretty good. He's not bad. But he's, I mean, if he makes a run at so much as first team all Big 12 next year, I think I'd be a little shocked. I mean, yeah, he didn't have he didn't have a great year. He, he was thought to be a top 10 Heisman candidate type, but uh, he didn't have that kind of a season uh, at all. It was a little disappointing season for uh, for Sam Ellinger. But uh, let me tell you, that, that kid, he, he does have a lot of talent. Uh, I, I think he's hurt a little bit by the fact that the team around him, for whatever reason, isn't that great. And uh, I think that hurts him as much as anything. Yeah, and he's going to have a big game week two, Texas at LSU. And this time, it'll be Texas coming in to the visitor stadium with the uh, seasoned veteran quarterback. And uh, they're going to have a chance to surprise versus LSU's doing that to Texas this past year. That's going to be, that's going to be a, a really fun game. If I could go to a game next year that what didn't involve Alabama – that might be the one I would choose. Um, that that that's going to be a super fun game in Baton Rouge. There's no doubt. But I want to go back. You said we're not locked on the NFL, which we're not. But I do think it's fun to speculate. Um, where would you think the best place for Tua to be is? Now, obviously, the best place would involve getting the most money. So let's kind of take that aspect right. out of it. But I'm. I, I, you know, a lot of people say Miami, but, you know, I'm going to go in another direction here. I kind of feel like San Diego would be a great landing spot for him to rehab and learn behind another Alabama native in Phillip Rivers for one year and then essentially take the reins there or even somewhere. I mean, if, if somehow uh, the, the Vegas Raiders wanted to take a ch- chance on him, um, I would love that too. But, uh, I'm scared he is going to end up out West. And the problem with ending up out West for Alabama guys is they're always on that 325, 315 kickoff time that uh, we never get to see because usually the games we get here in our state are the, the late games involve East Coast teams like a Dallas or a Philly or a New England. Um, they don't involve, uh, you know, we don't get to see the Cardinals take on the Raiders, for instance. It's so funny you mentioned, of course, you say San Diego, and you, and, and you mean Los Angeles. And by the way, I do that to the Chargers all the time. And, and one of the reasons oh, being, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm still refusing to accept the fact they moved to L.A. To me, it was the dumbest, dumbest franchise relocation of all time. I refuse to accept it. So I've got no problem continuing to call them the San Diego Chargers because that's what they should be. But any, anywho, uh, it's funny that you said that, Luke, because, I mean, when you ask that, because I don't want to say Miami. I know money-wise – him going number five to Miami would be probably best case scenario for him. But, uh, but when you said what's the best scenario, what immediately came to mind for me was the chargers because they're picking, I think right around uh, they're, they're picking right around six between six and 10. I can't remember where, but, but pretty high. And, uh, and, and Phillip rivers is a free agent, but there's talk. He's going to sign a one-year deal. Uh, that would just be ideal for, for Tua. 
to sit behind Philip Rivers, continue to rehab, continue to learn, learn behind Rivers, who's a borderline Hall of Fame, great veteran quarterback that's from Alabama, from the state of Alabama. Uh, that would be ideal for him. Plus, it's a pretty good team. There's a good team there. I mean, they can win. They're not too many players away from being a good team. So, I agree totally. The Chargers would be great. I'll throw another one at you. Another team that if they were good at quarterback might be a playoff team quickly, and that's the Panthers uh, with Christian McCaffrey at running back and that good defense. Uh, I'm not sure what their what you know what their situation be going forward with the new coach, but, uh, but it's Matt Rule. Matt Rule is that official? Matt Rule was announced today. Yeah, it's official. I did not Matt know Rule that. from I've, Baylor. I've, I've been doing legal stuff in a courtroom, so I was away from the Twitter. So Matt Rule to the Panthers. Well, I I, I couldn't be higher on, on a coach. I like Matt Rule a lot. I do think he's a good NFL fit. Obviously, many 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 NFL teams thought so. He basically had his choice of jobs. Um, wow. So, uh, you know, that again, I, I think the Panthers are a quarterback away from being really good. That's also in the South, good weather town, uh, great fan support. So, uh, so I like the Panthers too for Tua. But if we're betting money where he's going to end up, you have to bet the Dolphins because they have three first round picks, they desperately need a quarterback. With the three first-round picks, they're in a position to gamble. Uh, they won't get Burrow. I think what makes sense to me, if I'm the Dolphins, I take Tua in the first round, and then I evaluate the heck out of the rest of the quarterback pool, take another quarterback late. I heard a dude on the radio this morning who's a Miami uh, sports broadcaster. He, he's, he's a sports talk guy in Miami, so he, he's plugged in as you can be down there. He, he brought up a great uh, a great uh, point, Luke. Um, he said a few years ago the owner of the Redskins was enamored with RG3, but the head coach of the football team was not. So they reached a compromise. The owner took his guy in the first round, RG3, and the coach took his guy in the fourth round, Kirk Cousins. And as we know, Kirk Cousins ended up being a far superior player to RG3 in the NFL. But that was extremely smart drafting. And and I don't know that the Dolphins are smart enough to do that. It's also not every day you get a Kirk Cousins in the fourth round that pans out like that. But I do think that for the Dolphins, that makes a ton of sense. Gamble on two in the first. And then take your other two first-round picks on, on, on good pieces you need. And then take a quarterback in the second, third, or fourth round that's your insurance if things don't work out with Tua. And, uh, and then they'd have two young quarterbacks, and they can bring back their veteran, Fitzpatrick, who can keep the ship afloat, you know, next year while the two kids are learning and Tua's rehabbing. I tell you, I go a different direction here. I say, you know, if I'm Miami, I also take Tua. Um, and I would love it because I grew and the Dolphins used to love to have Alabama players on their team. I mean, Nathan, um, Bob Baumhauer, all those kind of guys, uh, Dwight Stevenson. Uh, and, of course, I, I grew up with Dan Marino and Super Duper and Mark Clayton, uh, Larry Rose, kind of, you know, who brings up an offensive guard as a guy that they that they really liked. But I liked Larry Rose. Uh, so, anyway, um I, I think you take Tua, and then I think you take two offensive linemen, uh, that you, the two best offensive linemen that are available. Maybe that maybe somebody like that Werfs guy is available, or 
or somebody like – I doubt Jedrick Wills will be available, but there'll be some good ones. Andrew Thomas is a good offensive line draft, I think. So get some offensive linemen to protect him and realize that next year, assuming he's not going to be available, or at least not available much, that next year is also kind of a throwaway year. And then you get in the first round with some more picks again, and all of a sudden you've built a team very quickly. Now it's going to suck, and whoever your coach is is probably like, hey, y'all are going to shit pin me if I don't <laughs> get better real quick. So, um, you know, I need some assurances here that I'm going to be able to stay one more year. But, uh, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, load up on all the protection you can for Tua if you draft him. Because if you draft him, you really are making a commitment to a guy who's, you know, he's got a busted hip, dude. I mean, it's not just, and it's not just your average, you know, busted hip. This is a big time bad thing. And um, so, I, I mean, anyway, I would love it as a, a pseudo Dolphins fan. I really don't have a team anymore in the NFL because I've been so disappointed in, in uh, by the Dolphins and that I sort of lost favor with them for a while. And then, you know, I just sort of like seeing the Alabama guys. But if Tua were to go to the Dolphins, yeah, I'd probably become a Dolphins fan again. Well, I'm definitely going to be a Tua fan. And whoever drafts him, uh, I'm going to pull for Tua every week, no matter who it is. But uh, we bought up a bunch of good uh, possibilities there. And and, and, and who knows? It, it is so up in the air. All the proponents that, that felt it was best for Tua to come back, Reason being, it's so up in the air. We have no idea what uh, his next two major medical reports are going to be that will determine everything. And and if, if doctors are saying, hey, this, this guy's going to have arthritis in his hip in just two years, uh, you know, who knows where he'll get drafted? And, and, and you know, it may not be in the first round. So, But maybe he goes to the doctor report and goes the other way around. Hey, he looks like he'll be hundred percent ready to go this fall and be the same kid. He's always been, I mean, if that's the report, then, uh, then he will definitely go top five. So we'll see. There's a lot to be determined there. All we know for sure is that he won't be the quarterback at Alabama next fall. That'll be Mac. That'll be Bryce. That'll be Leah. One of those guys, almost certainly. Uh, Jimmy, you're a mobile guy. How do you feel about Jalen Hurts? Uh, he's going to be at the Senior Bowl, which I think is great. I mean, are you going to have a lot of fun with that? I know you hang out at the Senior Bowl for a while. Oh, definitely. I mean, it means so much to the Senior Bowl because, for one thing, Jalen Jalen himself is going to move more tickets than any than any one player I, I can recall in my memory. It's one last chance for Alabama fans to watch Jalen Hurts play football in the state of Alabama. It'll be the last time that ever happens. So. Uh, on that alone, there'll be a ton of Alabama fans uh, buying tickets and wanting to go to the game. I think all during the week and the practices and in the Senior Bowl events around town, Jalen's going to be treated no different than Paul McCartney would. Uh, even though Alabama will have four representatives here and Raquan Davis, Terrell Lewis, Anthony Jennings, and Jared Maiden, there is no question who the most popular Alabama player in town is going to be. Jalen Hurts. Uh, Senior Bowl players famously wear their college helmets during the game. They wear a Senior Bowl jersey with the helmet of their college team. And uh, it'll be interesting to see, is Jalen going to wear an Alabama helmet or an Oklahoma helmet? Uh, I swear to God, I was about to say that. I was about to say that. If he wears the Alabama helmet number two, he would go down as easily one of the favorite players of all time. It would be such a symbolic gesture. Oh, my God. Jimmy, I, I mean, like, I'm getting chills thinking about his doing that 
I think it would be a brilliant move on his part, and nobody from Oklahoma could fault him for it. Well, this is what I mean. It's a rumor, and I don't know that this is true, and uh, but, but it makes all the sense in the world, and the Senior Bowl has good resources. I won't be surprised if he becomes the first player in Senior Bowl history to have his Alabama 2 on one side of the helmet and his Oklahoma OU on the other. That, that would not surprise me. That would uh, seem like the right thing to do if the Senior Bowl people could, uh, could accommodate that. So I sort of expect that, but he is playing in Alabama and it's going to be Alabama fans <laughs> that sell out that stadium. Uh, and it's going to be interesting, but, but let's talk about Jalen in the draft. I mean, that's the main thing. It's a, it's a, it's going to be a really good quarterback group here. Uh, this is a chance for Jalen to compete side by side against the peers. He's going quote up against in the draft for draft position. I think myself going into the draft, that Jalen is a fifth or a sixth round guy. But I think if he's great during senior bowl week, I think he could move up to the fourth round. And, and while that might not sound like a big deal right off the top of my head, Luke, uh, I can tell you two fourth rounders who are freaking outstanding in the NFL. Uh, one is Kirk cousins and the other is Dak Prescott. And Dak Prescott is, is really the name Dak did come to the senior bowl and really wild people here. And I think Dak moved up in, in Mobile, but no one had any idea his game would translate that well to the NFL as he's become a star player in that league. If I'm Jalen, I, I, I want as many Dak Prescott comparisons as possible because Dak was a legs first. Yeah, he's got a strong arm, but how accurate is he? Uh, he was that guy uh, at the Senior Bowl a few seasons ago, and Jalen sort of fits that, that profile. So uh, I, I'm hoping myself that Jalen – uh, gets here and moves up. I, I think he's drafted as is, uh, but, but pretty late. Uh, I, I think this is his opportunity to move, move up. Uh, I think a ceiling for him is the fourth round. But in modern football, where the best player in the NFL is Lamar Jackson, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Jalen goes higher than that. Uh, yeah, and, and in fact, I've seen some mock drafts as I'm going up I-65. And again, a programming note or technical note, um, you know, Jimmy and I don't really aren't really good at we're not really tech savvy and we've just now figured out how to do both record this podcast on both of our phones. And if you missed the podcast yesterday, we were told by a friend of ours, Jason Houston, shout out to a listener, that the podcast abruptly ended, which I had no idea because um you know, listening to your own podcast is kinda like watching your own homemade sex tape i mean i don't want to i don't want to see that i don't want to hear that and um and i don't want to be that disappointed in myself so um decided to, to not do any editing except for the fact when we know we screwed something up and we did not know we screwed that up so if it had ended abruptly for everybody yesterday we sincerely apologize we, this is only the second time we are uh cutting this podcast on both of our phones and I'm going up 65, and unbeknownst to me, there is all type of construction here around the Greenville area, and I'm just now getting on some smoother surface, so hopefully that, that improves for everybody. I'm trying to mute me while you're talking for the most part. But going back to Jalen Hurts, mock drafts I have seen, I have seen him go in the first round. I have seen him go in the second round, which blew me away, which also makes me think a lot of these mock draft guys are just kind of lazy. They're like, oh, okay, who's – 
who's throwing for a lot of yards, who's in the Heisman race, and let me just throw these guys in there. In fact, the mock draft from CBS Sports from two days ago still had Alex Leatherwood as its first-round pick, and I'm like, you guys know he declared to come back, right? I mean, he's coming back to school. He's not even in the draft. And he's so coming back because he was trying... never going to be a first-round pick, by the way. I mean, Correct. going to be a first-round <laughs> So that – and they did. They don't have Jedrick Wills in the first draft, if I remember right, and they did have Alex Leatherwood, which I thought was a bit bizarre. But anyway, um, so I just think that he is going to be one of the uh, – He's going to be one of the most followed guys at his senior bowl in recent memory. I don't think there's any question about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's a good good group of the senior bowl. They're still working on Burrow. They're trying to convince Burrow to come. Most of the time, the presumed number one pick, it's silly to come to Mobile and play in the senior bowl because there's no way to move in the draft but down. When, when you're that high, there's only one place to go. <laughs> That's a down. So – 99 times out of 100, there's no reason for Burrow, the presumed number one pick and quarterback number one in the draft, to be here. However, he has an extremely unique opportunity, and that's because one of the coaching staffs in the Senior Bowl is the Cincinnati Bengals. It would give Burrow an excellent chance to put an exclamation point uh, that he would be the first pick and getting a whole week to work with the coaching staff that he would be working with if Cincinnati selected him. So they're still working on Burrow. Uh, I, I, I believe Justin Herbert will be here. I don't know if that's been announced, but I believe Justin Herbert will be here. That's a coup because he is a very highly rated quarterback. Uh, Jordan Love from Utah State will be here. Anthony Gordon from Washington State. Uh, so so it, it's, it's a pretty solid uh, quarterback group, and, uh, and Jalen will get to prove himself uh, side by side. Imagine him being on the same team as Burrow where – you know, obviously those two would get a bunch of attention and the LSU and, 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 and Bur- you know, the Heisman guys, one and two on the same team would get a lot of attention. But it's a great opportunity for Jalen to uh, to be compared side by side with the number one pick. You know, Burrow, maybe Burrow misses a throw. Jalen makes it right after he does. I mean, that's going to open some eyes. So uh, it, it's a great decision for Jalen to be here, a great opportunity. And uh, I, I, I bet he does well. Here's the other thing for Jalen Hurts, and I think that may help Jalen Hurts move up the draft boards. Two words, Taysom Hill. Oh, yeah. BYU, uh, who just did some outstanding things for the Saints, even though they lost to the Vikings, which I was really disappointed in, by the way. Uh, I know your boy Kirk Cousins, who you brought up twice in a Locked On Bama podcast, is your favorite quarterback in the NFL. Barely. I'm – uh, but uh, I wanted the Saints to win just because I'm, I'm not necessarily a Saints fan, but I am a Drew Brees fan, and I thought that would have been the more intriguing move in the in the playoffs to have them go forward. But Taysom Hill looked really, really good, and I swear on one of his runs where he broke a few tackles and, and either did score or almost scored, I thought to myself, self, he kind of looks like Jalen Hurts. That's He's got the big size. He's He's got the strong body. He's he's pretty fast. He's not super fast, but he's fast enough. Um, and he's sort of a do-it-all guy. Now, you know, Hertz may be offended by that. Like, hey, I don't necessarily have to just be an H-back Swiss Army knife. But, you know, being an H-back Swiss Army knife is better than being uh, not in the NFL. And I think that worst-case scenario, uh, Jalen Hurts may be Tim Tebow plus and Taysom Hill light. 
Yeah, I think uh, the uh, Taysom Hill becoming a, a, a bigger and better weapon for the Saints definitely helps someone like Jalen in terms of where he could go in the draft. Uh, one difference to me, though, and I'm sure it is to Jalen, I would describe Taysom Hill as an H-back who can play quarterback. And I'm sure Jalen wants to be known as a quarterback who can play H-back. And maybe if Jalen doesn't make a team as a first or second team guy, maybe Jalen does make the roster with the, hey, I'll be the third team quarterback, but you can use me as a weapon because in practice I'll play some at H-back and we can design some trickeration type stuff and have me in the game at H-back. And you can use me like the Saints use Taysom Hill but but I'm the third quarterback in case of you know injury to the first two. So that that's a great roster. When you're talking about the 53rd roster spot, that can be an invaluable guy. Not to mention Jalen is so unselfish. If you ask Jalen to play special teams, he's going to say, "Hey, where do I sign up?" Jalen will fly down the field to make a tackle in special teams. You watch. So I I, I think that's why Jalen will be in the NFL. But I I think I think Jalen will be a quarterback in the NFL. I don't think he'll be a great NFL quarterback, but I do think that Jalen Hurts will be a good backup quarterback in the NFL. And and I I see a kid that's going to continue to improve even in the NFL. Uh, I I think he'll get better and better. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, and I'm I'm excited for him. And again, we know this is locked on Bama, but Jalen Hurts, if you if you're listening to this podcast and you don't like Jalen Hurts or you consider him sort of like, well, he's an Oklahoma guy now, I think you kind of yeah. missed the boat here. I mean, Jalen is an Alabama guy through and through. He he's went a legend. to Oklahoma more. Yeah, he went to Oklahoma more for the business decision of it. I mean, and it made total sense. Um, and, you know, Jalen is going to be remembered probably more for his time at Alabama, not just because of longevity either. And um, so that's that. Jimmy, anything on the recruiting front? I mean, you know, Alabama's think- class. I'll tell you one thing that uh, has stood out to me is that it seems like a guy like Will Anderson is bucking for his fifth star, which I'm kind of a stargazer, so that's a big deal to me. But he had a big yep. game in the uh, Army All-American game. Uh, Bryce Young, of course, winning the MVP. Uh, you know, no telling where he, he – he, I don't know if he can get any further than what he's already gotten, but he may move up to the number one guy after all said and done. Um and some other guys, it seems like Alabama's class, which we said was not great necessarily by Saban standards. It's great by Alabama standards, not necessarily great by Saban standards. It may move up into uh, great by Saban standards if some of these guys do get the bump in the rankings that that they deserve. Yes. uh, You know, and that's why just it's no different than the mock drafts. I don't understand how people might understand one process and not the other. The rankings and the stars are never final until all the information is in. All the information can't be in until these all-star practices and the games are over. So all the talk about the rankings and everything, it really doesn't matter until you're at the end. Just like the mock drafts. The earlier the mock draft, the more likely it's going to look wrong. Same thing with the stars and high school recruiting rankings. The earlier it is, the more wrong it is. It gets better and more accurate the closer you get to the finality of it. So, yes, there's still adjustments going on. Will Anderson proved, absolutely proved, against his peers that he is one of the best pass rushers in the in this class. And maybe fifth star or not, he definitely proved he's a top 50 player and, and maybe did prove that he's among the top 30 and deserves that fifth star. And uh, Bryce Young, uh, again, stands out on a field full of standouts. 
uh, or I'll say it again, I have to pick my words carefully because there's a difference between being a prospect, being a college football prospect, and a college football player are two different things. They're not the same thing. One is a guess. The other is proven. So they're all prospects until they're players. So with that said, Bryce Young is the best quarterback prospect to ever sign with Alabama. Yes, I know Tua was a five-star and he won the Elite 11 and was a highly ranked prospect and then proved as a player that if there was a such a thing as a six-star, he should have been that. Yes, true. But that's because Tua proved himself as a player. I'm comparing prospect to prospect. And as a prospect, I would tell you that Bryce Young is even better than Tua. That doesn't mean he will be a better player than Tua. I'm just saying, better prospect. And he proved it again at the U.S. Army All-Star Game. Yeah, I totally agree. And that's why, you know, we talked about this yesterday on the podcast. I think Bryce Young ends up being our starter. Um, Either game one or no later than game three, which game three this next year is Georgia. So that's going to be quite interesting. Um, Speaking of Georgia and opponents for next year, there hasn't been any word about what Jake Fromm's going to do, which I found a little interesting. Georgia has had some guys come back. I think Richard LeCount is coming back. Yes. Um, there was another player they had whose name escapes me. He's coming back, um, but they don't. They don't necessarily have. They, they DeAndre Swift is leaving. Um, Swift is leaving, and the tackles leaving. Andrew Thomas, yeah. Yep. Um, and you know, I was hoping is money was money Rice a senior? He is a junior, and I believe he's coming back. I don't think there was any talk of him leaving. Uh, to my knowledge, to my knowledge, I don't think he's a senior. Yeah, I like I him. Though. I really like. Oh, him. he's a really good player. And let me ask you, speaking – okay, I want to know about Fromm and whether or not he's coming back because I think that's quite interesting. I've seen mock drafts with him in it in the first round. In fact, I've seen him in the top 12. um, But, you know, he doesn't seem like an NFL quarterback right now. He he didn't just have a sophomore slump. He had a junior slump as well. Um, Then that being said, how about Errol Thompson from Mississippi State? Could – is he a possibility for a grad transfer? Yes, he is. Uh, he is. Uh, he is coming back to play college football, and he graduated from Mississippi State. Uh, he's an intriguing grad transfer, and I think because he's from the state of Alabama, had Dylan Moses not returned, I think Alabama might have done whatever they had to do to get Errol Thompson because he, he's, he would be such a good plug-and-play guy. But with Dylan Moses returning and the emergence of Christian Harris inside and now the return of Josh McMillan, I just don't see Alabama having the room for Errol Thompson or Errol Thompson. He's not going to transfer anywhere where he's not the clear-cut starter. Uh, maybe Auburn for him. Maybe he stays right where he's at. Uh, whoever the new coach, I'm sure he's going to give the new coach an opportunity to recruit him back. But, yeah, he's an interesting kid. Uh, and to me, a future NFL player uh, probably lacks some burst, and that might keep him out of the, the first round of the NFL draft. But uh, – but a really good player, no question. And as far as Fromm goes, two things. I think Fromm is a really good NFL prospect myself. I, I Myself, I would rank Fromm pretty highly, even mid to late first round for me. Uh, I think he's that level of player, and Fromm's dip in production at Georgia is due to the loss of their brilliant offensive coordinator, Jim Chaney, him leaving and going to Tennessee uh, with that offense. 
and, uh, and and then just not having the weapons at wide receiver he had as a freshman. I think that explains his lack of production. I still think Frum's a first-round pick, but I've always maintained Frum would return to Georgia for several reasons. Uh, first one being he loves Georgia. He grew up wanting to be – he grew up with his dream to be Georgia's quarterback, not the Atlanta Falcons quarterback. He it, it, Playing college football was a thing for him, and being the quarterback at Georgia – he also comes from a family of means, so he's not being pushed out because the family uh, because the family needs the money. So I, I, I've always maintained from would and should return. Uh, Georgia seems to be a bit of a a bit of a circus right now. I don't really fully understand all that's going on over there. Uh, it seems to be kind of disjointed or discombobulated. But uh, I expect from to return as I, as I've maintained uh, all year. That would certainly make Georgia, I would say, maybe the odds-on favorite to be preseason number one. If Fromm were to come back and you couple getting, you know, Darnell Washington and you couple getting uh, the Ringo kid, you know, just their overall signing class, along with some of the running backs they have, and I'm assuming Zach Evans will not be on that team now. Um, but still, I would think that would make them the, the preseason number one. And I kind of dig that because that means they come into Tuscaloosa Still number one because their only uh, obstacle before that would really be Virginia uh, at the Georgia Dome, and I think they'll wax the floor with them. And then you know Alabama will come in. I think quarterback by Bryce Young, uh, you know, and and probably dare I say the underdog in that game. And I kind of would relish in that role if uh, if Alabama is in fact the underdog against Georgia. And was it the was it the last time? Wasn't the last time we were an underdog also against Georgia and we beat their ass pretty good? 2015, and I, I think that, that line actually kind of flip-flopped. I mean, I think if we were like a one-and-a-half-point okay. dog and then went to a one-and-a-half-point favorite and then went back to a dog, and I was at that game. It rained like a cow pissing on a flat rock the entire time. Oh, God. And I'll never forget. I'll never forget this as long as I live. I mean, we stayed. We stayed because we were already – we couldn't get wetter. I mean, it was like – you were so wet, it was. You were just as wet as you were going to get. Eventually, you just get. It was like a sponge sitting in the ocean. I mean, eventually, the sponge just can't do anything else. And um, so we're sitting there, and most Georgia people have left because we're beating the dog shit out of them. And one family was sitting next to me, a man and wife and his two young kids. And the man was sitting there, and, and we were actually under a bit of a partition. He was just outside of that partition. And he was just getting, still getting dumped on, and the kids were getting dumped on, and the kids were miserable, and the wife was miserable, and the kids were like, Daddy, can we go home? You know, they were like six. They didn't really give a damn who won or lost. He's like, no, the players are here, so we're here. And I was thinking, if the Georgia players could leave, dude, they'd leave. <laughs> they can't leave because of a binding contract in their scholarship. You can go. Yeah, you're not going to get a carry and your kids are miserable and your wife is thinking about divorcing you at the very least she's thinking about hey who's cleaning our pool right now you know, <laughs> I, I wonder what that young man looks like but, I, I mean get the hell out there, there's nothing dumber than hanging around for a game that you know you have no shot in now every now and again you might miss a, a you know a kick six or something but I'll never forget my brother and I left the Alabama, the Iron Bowl in 2000 and uh, Brody's sack year, 2005, when Brody was sacked 12 times. 
we left with nine minutes and 48 seconds to go in the first quarter because it was 14 nothing. And I looked at him. We hadn't even gotten a sip of our first Coke. And I looked at him and said, I don't want to sit through this shit. He said, I'm right behind you. And we got in the car and started headed towards Ellick City. We got to Daveville, and my mom called, who was luckily in a box at Auburn because she was invited. Uh, she called and said, would y'all come get me, please? And we said, we're already in Daveville. We'll see you later. Get your own car. I'm not sitting through this bullshit. So um, I'm big on if you know your team's getting his ass whooped, you don't have to sit there and take it, too. That is not – you're not bound by any contract. I have some college football news, and I'm not even looking at my Give phone because I'm driving. Just drove by Louisiana Lafayette's team hotel, winners of the Mobile, the Lending Tree Bowl in Mobile, and they are loading their buses to go home. I just saw their football team loading the buses, heading back to Lafayette. That's my news. Literally I mean, the worst much, news That's the worst ever. How much news can I generate driving my car back, back in the general direction <laughs> of my office? That's the most college football news I'll ever generate doing this uh, without looking at my – uh, Twitter or my laptop. I'm just driving and I generated one morsel of college football news. Lafayette is loading their buses and it's now leaving town. Although I'm a little surprised that they didn't leave last night. I guess they hung around to celebrate their uh, bowl win and uh, slept in a little bit because it's almost uh, 1030 as we record this. And they are just now getting in their buses to head the uh, four hours down I-10 back to Lafayette, Louisiana. Um. Yeah, so what hotel were they in? I'm just curious. Was it the Battle House? The, uh, the, the one two, do- two doors down from the Battle House, the, Riverview, the Renaissance Riverview Plaza. The Renaissance Riverview oh, okay. Plaza. It's on, it's on the corner. It's just two doors down from the Battle House. Uh, I believe Miami of Ohio may have been staying at the Battle House. Uh, I, I'm not sure about that. I know the Battle House, there was a ton of Miami of Ohio fans. It's kind of hard to tell. They, the, both teams wear the same colors. So for the past two or three days in downtown Mobile, uh, fans of both teams are out, but they both wear kind of bright red. Yeah, you, you kind of have to get up on them and read the read the label to know to know if they're fans of, of Miami or Lafayette. The colors are the same. Yeah, you know the fans are going up to him, going, "Man, I love you." Oh, wait a minute, you suck. You're the enemy. <laughs> uh, we we just got a notification on our Uber conference that uh, that. Um, we, uh, we we got five minutes left, so we'll let it wrap it up. So roll tide, everybody, and I hope that the podcast didn't end abruptly. <laughs> roll tide. We'll do it again tomorrow.